It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. 14 and a half million Levinites out there listening on all platforms in so many ways all over the world. We want to wish you all the best. You remember you heard people say that Putin is amassing his army on the borders. That doesn't mean he's going to invade. I'm not going to go back and bore you with the audio from this show. I said, of course he's going to invade. You don't bring 150 to 200,000 infantry with tanks and personnel carriers and all the rest of it. Put them on your border. Destroy all the roads around it as they get there. Feed them. Fuel their vehicles because you're putting on a show. I said he was going to invade, and he invaded. This is not complicated. The man has told us what he wants to do. Why don't we believe what he wants to do, insane or not? Then this word escalate. You know, when I was a young man and the, and the first Cold War was going on, we used the word deterrence. We used the word deterrence, not escalate. That we needed to have deterrence against the Soviet Union. We needed to have deterrence against China. We needed to have deterrence all throughout the world to confront our enemies. I never heard the word escalate once. Not once. And this is something I'm going to delve into very, very deeply on Sunday. Because you're hearing it day and night and day and night. So, as I said the other day, and I want to thank the bank benchers for re- regurgitating it. So this means now, whenever Putin waves around a nuclear weapon, he wins. This means the Ukrainians are not allowed to win. Because according to Joe Biden and his ilk... Providing them with the equipment they actually want and need to save their country is escalation. It's not enough. It's not enough to celebrate the bravery of these men and women in Ukraine. It's not enough to pray for them, even though I believe in prayer. God gives us free will. It's not enough. Whether you're facing down Hitler or Stalin or Mao, or Xi, or Un, or Putin. It's not enough. After 6 million Jews that died in the ovens, in mass graves, who were gassed to death, who were experimented on, ask them, oh, I guess you can't. They're not here anymore. Ask the millions of Ukrainians who were slaughtered by Stalin in 1932. Ask them. Oh, I guess you can't. They're not here anymore either. Ask the 50 million Chinese who were slaughtered by Mao. 50 million. Ask them. Oh, I guess you can't. They're dead. Or the 25 million slaughtered by Stalin. Ask them. Ask about this word escalation. And if we are concerned about nukes, why am I not hearing more talk about what the Biden administration is doing with Iran? 
Why am I not hearing more talk about how we need to take out the regime in Iran in order to protect us so they don't get nukes? They are such a group of radical, fundamentalist zealots that they will use nuclear weapons. Joe Biden is destroying our country, and he's destroying one country after another. I'm sick and tired of the Putin wing of the Republican Party. I am sick and tired of the Putin wing of the media. And I'm sick and tired of the analysts and the others who, who rub their hands all over the media, radio and TV and in the press, in the, in the written press. Rub their hands. Oh, this is horrible. Oh, this is hard. Let us pray. Let us hope they get the best and get them whatever weapons they need except the MiG-29s. For some reason, you know, Putin, Putin is now deciding what can and cannot be used on the battlefield. Have you ever seen anything like this in your life? Putin is deciding what can be used on the battlefield? Seriously? I am telling you now, if this keeps up, And if the media in this country keep this up, and if the so-called conservatives in this country keep it up, we will be facing a world war. That this will bleed well beyond Ukraine. It'll bleed into the NATO countries. And you heard what Biden said. Not one inch. Not one inch. I am telling you now, if this isn't stopped in Ukraine, it will move beyond Ukraine, and we will be facing World War III. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. You are listening to the best of Mark Levin. You know, folks, uh, I listen more than I usually would to the various comments and thoughts, debates regarding uh, Russia's war and what they're doing in Ukraine and elsewhere. And I get the sense that a lot of these elitist commentators... Um, it's okay if Ukraine loses. Now, they're going to show that they are passionate and emotionally connected to the Ukrainian people. They think it's horrible what's taking place. They think it's horrible what's happening in the cities. The shelling of evacuation routes, the shelling of towns and cities, cutting off travel paths and and food routes, escalating their targeting of citizens the way Putin did in Syria, the way Putin did with the Chechnyans, because this is what he does. And I, and I hear these people, and I watch these people. It's terrible what's happening to Ukraine, and it's terrible what's happening to these people. And that's about it. They talk about the Ukrainian people being brave people that they're putting up a bigger fight than Putin must have imagined, that Putin bit off more than he can chew, but it's only a matter of time. And then they're done, and they go off, eat their apples and their cookies in the green room, or doing a break on radio, or what have you. I think, what kind of fools are we dealing with in this country? And that any step that is taken, significant step, that may change the perceived and expected outcome of this war, 
That is, that Ukraine may actually hold Russia to a uh, neutral situation or actually may push them back is unimaginable. And certainly we shouldn't participate in that. Because if the Ukrainians are able to actually own their, uh, hold their own or push back the Russians with assistance from us, well then, Russia might get angry and shoot nukes at us. Now, some of you who are old enough have a, seems to me, responsibility to speak out against what you're hearing. The old Soviet Union had a lot of nuclear weapons. A lot of nuclear weapons. And we took them on through satellite battles all over the world. In virtually every continent. As they did us. As they did us. They supported the Nicaraguan communists. They supported the Bolivian communists, of course, originally the Cuban communists, and more, and more. They supported the communists in Angola. We supported the other side, the freedom fighters in Nicaragua, the freedom fighters in Bolivia. We supported the freedom fighters in Angola. We also supported efforts to with the Northern Alliance, among others, to take out Russia and Afghanistan, to bleed them dry, which we did. All over the Middle East, all over Asia, the United States and the Soviet Union. Reagan said we can have victory over the Soviet Union, and the same mentality you're hearing now was said back then by the elitist establishment, which pretends not to be the elitist establishment, which pretends to be America Firsters. But they're not. They're the elitist establishment. That sounds like the elitist establishment. Reagan came in and broke up that whole mindset. He said, no, we're going to push back. Whether it's Libya or Afghanistan, whether it's Angola, whether it's in our own hemisphere, we're going to push back. We're going to open up areas where we're going to press and take the offense. And that's what we did. Didn't lead to a nuclear war. Russia invaded Afghanistan. They paid a horrendous price, 100,000 casualties. And we can go on and on. But the idea that Russia invades Ukraine and doesn't expect the United States to do more than it's done is really idiotic. I want to bring you up to speed on the latest breaking news about these MiG-29s that Poland does in fact want to provide Ukraine. Poland, which is far more exposed than we are, than France is, than England is, than Germany is, they're right on the damn border. And God knows how many times they've been invaded. Poland wants to give MiG-29s, send them to our air base in Germany, and then Germany can provide those planes to the Ukrainian pilots, but they want to have those planes replaced with F-16s or some, some equivalent. 
Turns out we don't have enough F-16s, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that? I hadn't known that. I mean, I, you can assume that we're underfunding the military, so these things are occurring. So when it comes directly to our own defense, we don't have enough F-16s. I know they're older, and they're kind of being rolled out of the system, but they're still the core to our air attack system, the F-16s. There are others, don't get me wrong, other types of jets. That's number one. Number two, why wouldn't we provide these jets? It turns out the United States and NATO have not said yes, and in fact, the Pentagon spokes idiot who was involved in the disaster with Afghanistan, he said, very unlikely, we fear direct conflict. There is no direct conflict. What they fear is Putin. What they fear is his propaganda. What they fear is Putin saying, okay, now you're allowing them to use MiG-29s. Well, they're not our 29s. They're Poland's. We didn't even build them. The Russians did. So every effort at effectively empowering the Ukrainian freedom fighters to defend their country and their families and their lives is now said to be an escalation. I, Hannity, Lindsey Graham have talked about taking out Putin. Others have as well. That's an escalation. But he's free to take out the president of Ukraine or anybody else he wants to take out. And so I just want people in this country to understand if you're embracing these arguments, you're embracing what will ultimately be then the genocide of the Ukrainian people. Because to say out of one side of your mouth this is a horrible thing, it needs to be stopped, it ought to be addressed, the Ukrainian people are great people, they're proud people, to give examples of heroism that's taking place, to show the photos of what's happening to these cities, how they're being bombed out, and on and on and on, and then to say, but we really can't do too much under the scent. Rifles and pistols, you know, maybe some drones. And then these same people say, why is this 40-mile caravan? Why isn't it attacked? What's the problem? Attack for what? They don't have enough drones. They don't have enough javelins. And they're asking for MiGs so they can straight the hell out of it and knock it out. Well, you know, Putin's mentioned nuclear war. Lavrov has mentioned nuclear war, his uh, foreign ambassador, his foreign affairs uh, minister, rather. As I said here yesterday, and I said on Hannity last night, and I said on Levin TV, if Putin wanted to launch a nuclear missile, what's stopping him? Well, mutual assured destruction. Okay, that's always stopping him. In other words... If his mindset, if he's so deranged that he's willing to use a nuclear missile, why wait? Why not use it now? Why not use it now? Rather than have your army have some setbacks on its way to quote-unquote victory. Why not use it now? Because he doesn't want to use it now. He never wants to use it. These people are narcissists. They're not interested in what the history books say about them. They're interested in power today and tomorrow and the next day. 
Because if they don't hold power, they're going to get killed. There's many people in the closets with stilettos just waiting to cut this guy's throat. Generals, intelligence uh, officials, mafia, oligarchs, the same type of people that he has killed. Part of the problem is the people who are commenting have literally no knowledge of what they speak. None. That's not to say I'm perfect. I'm not. Ask anybody. But that's not the point either. The point is that this is not how you respond to a genocidal murder who seeks to blow out the Ukrainian people. That's what he's doing. You know what he's doing? To quote the inane Joe Biden. You know what he's doing? He's trying to destroy Ukraine from the bottom up and the middle out. You ever hear Biden talk about that when it comes to the economy, Rich? Makes no sense. Nobody knows what he, bottom up, middle out. What's this mean? It's a fortune cookie phrase that Biden remembers. But militarily, when you're talking about attacking a population, attacking a country, attacking these families and these kids and these schools and these hospitals, unprovoked, utterly unprovoked, Ukraine doesn't even have a nuclear weapon. They gave them up in a deal in 1994, as I have explained to the world. Here's the thing. Putin takes that effectively, and he wants to destroy Ukraine from the bottom up and the middle out. He's attacking the population centers. He's trying to cut off the food convoys. He's shelling the so-called evacuation routes that he already agreed to. He's trying to force the hand of the government to surrender by destroying the people they represent, as many as humanly possible, by uprooting them, by creating millions and millions of refugees, by attacking their hospitals and their schools, by starving them to death, by cutting off clean water. That's what he's doing. That's what he's done before. And what you're getting from so-called analysis on TV and radio and in writing is, God, this is just terrible, but we have to be careful. Why? Nobody's sending sound, ground troops. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's saying a no-fly zone for NATO or America. We're saying give them the tools they need to defend themselves. Why don't we want them to win? Why don't we want them to take out as many t- tanks and airplanes and Russian troops as possible why don't we want this to end in Ukraine rather than spread through NATO isn't that a good thing why don't we want to send a signal to Xi in China and the Islamo-Nazis in Tehran and elsewhere in the world isn't that a good thing isn't that how you stop war isn't that how you prevent world wars of course it's exactly what you do when we come back oil we're going to cut off Russian oil. We're going to cut off Russian oil, and the Democrats are warning us that the price is going to go up as a result. Well, what about the other half? Producing American oil. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. 
great one makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. If corporate America, if athletes and these professional athletic leagues, the American media, all the organizations, all the individuals, the raid to attack the state of Georgia after the Republicans dared to pass even a more liberal voting system than existed before the pandemic, boycotted Georgia, tried to destroy the economy of Georgia, if you will, used BDS against Georgia. Wouldn't it be wonderful if these same entities would do the same to Russia and to Putin? Has anybody heard anything from LeBron James about Putin and Russia? Anything? How about Oprah Winfrey? Anybody heard anything? How about the gaggle of goons and goofballs that pretend to be journalists at the Constipated News Network and MSLSD? Hmm? Wouldn't it be great if the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and the Slimes and the past special pleaders for Stalin and Hitler and Castro? Oh, yeah. Wouldn't Wouldn't it be great if they spent as much time trashing Putin and his government as they did Trump and his administration? Instead, the Democrat Party and the American media used Russia as a foil to try and take out our elected president. They used him to try and take out our president. I want you to listen to Joe Biden in 2019, about two and a half years ago, not that long ago. Hat tip rumble, cut to go. It's going to take a hell of a lot of work to make up for all the damage he's done internationally and nationally. His network of thugs and co-conspirators are going to continue to try to undermine our democracy in the meantime. Imagine what he can do in another year. Imagine what can happen in Ukraine. This is the biggest punk to ever be in the Oval Office. And we've all been punked too. Joe Biden. The biggest phony fraud to ever serve in that office. The biggest empty suit to ever serve in that The dumbest human being to ever serve in that office. The media and the Democrat Party and his family gave us him. And now look what he's done. Look what he's done to our country. Look what he's done to other countries. Afghanistan. Ukraine. Now, I, mean, I understand the Taliban and Putin. Nobody's. I take second seat to nobody on this stuff. But these things didn't occur under Trump, did they? Which is why over at MSLSD, the backbenchers, they have to keep attacking Trump when they bring these issues up rather than the current commander in chief, such as he is. 
Vladimir Zelensky is a very courageous and brave man. Very few people would do what he's doing. He and his family are remaining in Kiev. You think Biden would do that? I don't think so. Think Obama would have done that? No, no way. Trump, I think he would. But here we are. Vladimir Zelensky in an address to his nation last night. Translated. Cut three, go. According to the information we have, the enemy has marked me as target number one. My family as target number two. They want to damage Ukraine politically by destroying the head of state. I find it remarkable. I'm listening to some people on cable and elsewhere today who seem to forget what they said the day before yesterday and the day before that. It's really appalling and shocking that people aren't held to account for the comments that they make. I don't mean fired or necessarily that sort of thing, but challenged. Some of the people who wondered why we were involved at all, Ukraine's not our business. What do we care about Ukraine? They've completely genuflected, and today they're asking why we didn't muscle up Ukraine with more weaponry over the course of the past many months. Have you heard these people, Mr. Producer? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here is more of Zelensky from today. Cut for go. The Prime Minister Shmihal is here. The party leader is here. The head of the president's administration is here. And obviously the president's here. All of us are here. Our military are here. Our civil servants are here. Defending our independence and our state. And we mean to keep it that way. Glory to our allies. Glory to Ukraine. This man, this man will go down in history one way or another. He will be remembered by freedom movements and freedom fighters for centuries. For centuries. He will be remembered. Biden will be remembered too for failing to help him in any way he could short of sending infantry. The various Tokyo Roses in the media, they'll be remembered too. The video, the audio, the written word, they'll be remembered too. And so 50 to 100 years from now when people say, how did this happen? As they look back on the Holocaust and other genocides, they'll see how it happened. The same way the others happened. By good people failing to speak out and stand up. It's been an appalling expose of certain of these people, certain of these organizations, certain of these networks and corporations. It's easy to trash America from a basketball court or a football field or an ESPN studio. It's easy to trash America. From the caucus of the Democrat Party in the House of the Senate. It's easy to trash America. From the studios of CNN and MSNBC. And the buildings of the New York Times and so forth and so on. That's a freebie. 
But going into these countries where these genocidal dictators and Marxists mean business, that's a little harder, isn't it? And yet we find that certainly in the early stages, so many of these individuals, these American Marxists and so forth, embrace them. But not just them. The phony American nationalists and populists do exactly the same thing. Oh, and how fast we forget Justin Trudeau up north. Mr. Dictator. We have uh, Petro Poroshenko. He's the former Ukrainian president on CNN today. Cut five, go. We don't have any heavy artilleries. We don't have a tanks. We don't have an armed personal carrier because we launched this process just a couple of days ago. But And we create that for the two days. This is the long line of the people who want to enlist it in the battalion, but we don't have enough arms for that. And this is the only limit why the civil defense, the normal, ordinary people, sometimes never been in the army, staying in line now to join us. This is... Uh, uh, extremely touchable and extremely great demonstration how uh, Ukrainian people hate Putin and how we are against Russian aggression. This is very clear. How long do you think you can hold out? Forever. I think that the Putin never will uh, catch Ukraine despite, uh, no, no matter how many soldiers he has, how many missiles he has, how many nuclear weapons he has. We, Ukrainian, are free people with a great European future. This is definitely like that. Now, you folks understand that he puts a target on his forehead. This is the former president of Ukraine, the current president of Ukraine. These are great leaders. Despite the propaganda wing in our own media, these are great men. These are great leaders. They know they're outgunned. You heard what he said. We don't have tanks. Folks, they have no Air Force to speak of. Insignificant. They had nuclear weapons. As I educated the conservative movement, my friends on Fox, my friends in talk radio, over the past few months, the Budapest memorandum, even the media weren't talking about it. The Ukrainians gave up their nukes. Now, that'll never happen again. You've heard them talk about this on talk radio. Where do you think they get this stuff from? Further, says the former Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko, cut six, go. Deal with Putin like with a man of the lost reason. And he's just, he's just simply mad. He's just simply crazy. He's just simply evil to come here to kill Ukrainian. Ukrainian who is, we lost now about 130 Ukrainian soldiers. That's exactly why we shall secure Ukraine today and to support Ukrainian with stand tomorrow. I have a feeling that I am specific target of the Russian for already eight years. And uh, uh, this is, uh, me is just a symbol. We are not afraid of them. And uh, just now, while we are here, we have a report from our civil defense that in five minutes we will have a Russian bomber in the center of Kiev. And uh, we have a, a bomb shelter uh, right 100 meters from here. 
but uh, I'm not going to interrupt our uh, our interview because the information war which Putin make against Ukraine is the part of the hybrid war he do against us for the eight years. The Russians are going to uh, send many of their special forces. The argument is into uh, into the capital city. And uh, they're going to take their uniforms off and put on civilian clothing, hoping that the the armed forces there, as well as the citizenry, don't know who is who. And in that confusion, they hope to uh, to make great advances tonight. Kira Rudik is a member of the Parliament of Ukraine. Cut seven. Go. If the Russians are, in fact, pushing in here from the north to where you are in the city center, how long do you think you in the city can resist? Look, I really do believe in Ukrainian army. I've been supporting it for eight years and I'm a member of parliament and the leader of the party. It is my duty to be here. I understand it's like the the events are happening very close to where I am right now, but I'm armed and I have my uh crew armed and we have a couple of um sets of people with territorial defense who are also armed and who will uh who will fight for every inch of ukrainian soil right now of kiev soil not to let uh the russians in there is lots of disinformation coming in and out so we uh, we are very careful with what we hear now and what we can or cannot confirm I know that there are fights right now at the north of the city and uh, members of my team are going in there right now to support our troops and help them fight, uh, help them not to let Russians into the center of the city. I listened to this woman, these courageous people, and I asked myself, America, That summer, two summers ago, when you watched the rioting and the burning, when you heard the hate for our own country and our founding and our freedom, the hate for our economic system, the hate for our police force and our military, lies about our history, the racism being spread by groups like Black Lives Matter and others, embraced by large corporations, including broadcast companies, their names painted on the streets by Democrat Party mayors and so forth, I wonder... Do you think half the country would fight to the last man or woman to defend this country? I think about half would. Mostly from the red states. A handful from the blue states. But I think we'd be fighting this foreign enemy and on our backs we'd have to be looking over our shoulders for the American Marxists, their BDS movement and all the rest of it. I really believe this. I'll be right back. Mark. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. A couple of interesting points as I open the program here. I want to reiterate something because it's becoming more and more apparent that our government, that our Defense Department, that our State Department, that our Commander-in-Chief are afraid that if Ukraine is able to stalemate Russia or even 
defeat Russia in any effective way, then Putin might use nukes. Therefore, the thinking goes, we can provide minimum support to Ukraine, minimal support, just enough to make it clear that we're supporting our our allies in Ukraine, but not enough where they can effectively really take out the Russian army. And so the Ukrainians are going to have to continue to suffer. They're going to have to continue to die. The Russians are free to commit atrocities and war crimes, which they are doing as I speak. They hit a maternity ward today. Maternity ward. Because Putin doesn't give a damn. He didn't give a damn when his surrogates in Syria used mustard gas against the people there. Didn't care about that in the least. He didn't give a damn when they blew out the Chechnyans under another pretext that he manufactured, slaughtering the civilians. He could care less. And yet, it's a very strange situation. Many of the people now who are, who've come to the position that he's unstable, that he's a monster, that he's a war criminal, some of them were once Putinites, claiming that we were instigating Putin, that we were provoking Putin. Of course, Biden left him open. He left the door wide open for Putin to attack, given what he did in Afghanistan and all the signals he sent Putin about his weakness and all the things he wouldn't do. But now we're having to listen to arguments or analysis on radio, on TV, and the media generally by retired lieutenant colonels, among others, that we cannot allow the Ukrainians to win, we cannot allow the Ukrainians to effectively defend themselves, even though they're a strong and brave people. I heard Petraeus effectively say this today. Because you don't know what Putin might do in response. He's so angry. U.S. spy chiefs say Putin may escalate despite Ukraine. This is Reuters. Leaders of U.S. spy agencies said on Tuesday that Russian President Vladimir Putin may intensify the assault on Ukraine despite military setbacks and economic hardships revolting from international sanctions, setting up an ugly next few weeks. Our analysis... Our analysts assess that Putin is unlikely to be deterred by such setbacks and instead may escalate. Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines told the annual House of Reps Intelligence Committee hearing on worldwide threats, where she testified with other intelligence agency directors. She said, with tensions so high, there's always the potential for unintended escalation. Unintended escalation means providing the Ukrainians with the ability to defend themselves. Apparently that's what it means. Haynes said Putin's announcement that he was elevating his nuclear forces readiness was unusual, 
but intelligence analysts had no observed changes in Russia's nuclear posture beyond what was detected during previous international crises. We also have not observed force-wide nuclear posture changes that go beyond what we've seen in prior moments, fight and tension, she said. Director of the CIA, William Burns, echoed her assessment that Russia is unlikely to back down. I think Putin is angry and frustrated right now. He's likely to double down and try and grind down the Ukrainian military with no regard for civilian casualties. Burns said he and CIA analysts do not see how Putin can accomplish his goal of taking Kiev and replacing President Zelensky's government with a pro-Moscow or puppet leadership. He said, I fail to see how he can produce that kind of an endgame when... Where that leads, I think, is for an ugly next few weeks in which he doubles down with scant regard for civilian casualties. Burns also said China's leaders are unsettled by events surrounding the assault on Ukraine, despite refusing to uh, condemn Russia or call the attack an invasion. They did not anticipate the significant difficulties the Russians were going to run into. I think they're unsettled by the reputational damage that can be done by their close association with Putin. Second, by the economic consequences at a moment when they're facing lower annual rates. While these intelligence heads are so off the mark that Xi just announced he's going to be providing economic support to Russia. So within hours, they got it wrong. They've got it wrong. Lieutenant General Scott Barrier, Director of Defense Intelligence Agency, said his low-confidence assessment was two to 4,000 Russian troops have been killed. In other words, he has no idea. Tell me, how many civilians have been killed in Ukraine? Do we know? Do we even get estimates of that? I haven't seen any of you, Mr. Producer. How many people is Putin slaughtering? How come we're not getting any numbers? How come we're not getting any questions about that to Pasaki or anybody else? Isn't that relevant? So, in addition to what I think is a very important point, I want to underscore it from the other day, that people are now effectively saying, you cannot allow Ukraine to win, you cannot allow Ukraine to to even have a stalemate with the Russians because Putin might use nukes out of anger. Now, how insane is that? That means you really don't give a damn about the Ukrainians, and so be it. 44 million people down the drain, right? That is an outrageous thought process. And yet more and more people are coming to the point that I believe I first raged last week. I raised it early mid last week, Mr. Producer. Then we later heard Lindsey Graham, and I endorsed his position. Which was what, Mr. Producer? That they ought to take out Putin, right? And I had on my program last Sunday, just a few days back, the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan for a period of time, retired Colonel Richard Kemp, who said, well, why wouldn't we try and take him down or have somebody else take him down and support their efforts? That's done in virtually every war. But Petraeus is out there saying, look, this is different this time because he is nukes. Really? Did nukes just show up today? Is that right? Where's this guy been? I thought he was a general. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Putin needs to be taken out. 
he needs to be taken out. Because if it is the position of the experts, the generals and the intel agencies, that he is not allowed to lose, that there's not allowed to be a stalemate because this guy's lost his mind and he'll press the button, then he needs to be taken out. And while you can criticize Lindsey Graham for many things, you cannot criticize him for this. And he's asked to come on the program, and he will be on the program in hour three, not to discuss judges and other issues, to discuss this issue. As you know, I don't always agree with Lindsey Graham, but when credit is deserved, credit is deserved. He's a senator who has spoken out publicly, not behind the scenes. You have these people say what's happened in Ukraine is horrific. What's happening to these people is horrific. Well, let's help them get, make 29. No, we can't do that. They may uh, escalate and instigate. Oh. Well, maybe if the Russian people, or the people around Putin would take him out, that would be a good thing. That, would be, that, that might bring this to an No, that may instigate and escalate. What exactly are you saying? That no effective way to box in Putin... Is acceptable because it might instigate and escalate. That is essentially what the Biden government is saying. That's essentially what the talking heads are saying in Washington and New York. That's essentially what the, the script writers for the remaining pathetic newspapers in this country are writing. And that's what they want you to believe. Don't believe it. And yet if it's true, more the reason that Putin needs to be taken out. And you also heard on Life, Liberty, and Levin, James Carafano, as well as on this radio program, make the point you cannot look at these countries, that is, Iran, China, and Russia, individually, bifurcate one from the other. And what did China do today? Demonstrated the point perfectly. They're coming in behind Russia to assist Russia. So you've heard talking heads say, China's the greatest threat. That needs to be our focus. Forget about Russia. What do we care about Kiev? These people are dumber than rocks. The Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the media, Biden, his party, stupid as hell. In my humble opinion, of course. Meanwhile, the Russians are committing atrocities. And they are committing war crimes, so they're going to do more. Even our own government says they're going to do more. The Ukrainian people want to fight. Well, Mark, there's millions of refugees. Yeah, women and children. Hand-to-hand combat breaks out on streets of Kiev suburb, New York Post. Hand-to-hand combat has broken out in the streets of the Kiev suburb of Irpin, which has been devastated by relentless Russian bombing and shortages of food, water, and electricity. There's real street fighting now, a Ukrainian paratrooper named Stas told AFP, the French press agency. In some places, there's actual hand-to-hand combat. The paratrooper, who did not provide his full name, said the Russians have staged a huge column, 200 men, 50 light-armored vehicles, several tanks in the small town. And they're showing you images of what they've done to this town. They've obliterated it. The city's almost ruined. The district where I'm living, it's like there are no houses which were not bombed, a young mom told Reuters. 
while she was holding a baby. The older people, those who cannot use their feet, they remain. They can't leave. They're still hoping to be saved, she said to the town's elders, adding that everyone able to walk has fled. Residents said constant attacks have made living in the town hell. Ukrainian actor turned soldier. Pasha Lee was killed in action, Mark 6, in a Russian shelling in Irpin. The Russians are positioning themselves in residential buildings, apartments, shops. Soldier Konstantin Lakamatsky told AFP after that they started shooting exclusively at civilians. This is my third war, but this never used to happen. No one shot at civilians back then. They're trying to pick off the civilian population. 